You are listening to Born to Create, a podcast that celebrates the richness of free thinking through creativity, entrepreneurship, and the advancement of the Madison community. It's hosted by yours truly, Richard Jones Jr. and Carla Williams, and it's sponsored by Ali Arrange Media. Check it out. Welcome to the Born to Create podcast, where we focus on celebrating creativity of all types. Uh, I am one of your hosts. I am Richard Jones Jr. And I'm co-host Carla Williams. And we have a special guest today, Patience Clark. Hey, y'all. Hey. How you doing today? (laughs) I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here. Honored. All right. So you do a lot of different things, right? Yeah. Um, First and foremost, uh, you are the owner of Palette Pleasures, LLC. Yes, right? I am. Can you tell us a little bit about Palette Pleasures? Yeah, so Palette Pleasures started last year, January 2020. Um, that was my New Year's resolution. I was a stay-at-home mother. I just had my daughter um, in 2017. Um, I stopped working for about a year and a half. Um, it actually drove me crazy um, because I'm used to having two, three jobs. I'm used to um, grinding, making my own money. And, um, though my husband is a very Southern gentleman and he, you know, he was very, um, for the, uh, me being the stand home mom, we, uh, we decided to do that, but I just couldn't do it anymore. So, um, in that time being a stay at home mom, I cooked a lot and I was breastfeeding. So I'm eating six meals a day, you know what I mean? <laughs> it feels like it, you know what I mean? So, um, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother, my great grandmother, Louise Dunlap, and um, I just got attached to her at the hip, and I just started. Um, I realized that no one in my family was really taking down any of her recipes, and my grandmother was born in 1923. She's 97. She can't read or write, so um, everything that she has in her mind, it was very important for me to get it out. So that's when I started to pick her brain about different recipes and things like that before she forgot them. And um, so we started um, working together. I started taking over um, family dinners and cooking for Thanksgiving for the family um, at her house, cooking for Christmas, and then um, people approved. So uh, and then when grandma was like, OK, you can you can do this. You actually might be good. She handed over my grandfather's um, recipe books. And they, like, date all the way back to, like, the 30s, the 40s. Um, super raggedy. But you know what I mean? Some of the best recipes um, and bases um, in the culinary world, you know, that you want to have. So um, I went ahead and I ran with it. I started selling plates out of my house, um, just like, you know, a lot of people did in 2020. Um, when COVID hit, you know, we wanted to figure out how we could get our grind started. We started selling food out of our house and then um, somebody out there started hating and um, reporting folks, you know, for selling food out the house. And I was like, look, before they come to me, let me go ahead and legitimize myself. <laughs> I so that. I went ahead and got my LLC. I went ahead and got all of my seller's permits and got my insurance and all of that. And I went ahead and, and got started. Um, I will be honest, my first couple plates um, coming out of culinary school, they were really uh, bland. Um, black folks were telling me that my food was bland. And uh, it was a big difference from going from grandma's house, cooking Thanksgiving and Christmas until, you know, leaving culinary school. And then the people telling you, like, yeah, 
I don't have diabetes. You can put some salt on this. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, it was like that. So I was like, okay, let me go back to the drawing board. Girl, so wait, that was shady. That was oh, it was shady, but it was so real. Great. It was it was what I needed to dive into what I do now, which is studying food technique and studying food history. So um, with that, I decided to just like okay, that's something. What, what did Drake say? Say um, somebody told me I fell off. Oh, I needed that. Like right, that's right, literally right. what happened to me. So I um, went back to the drawing board. I started going to some of the best cooks in the city, asking them, like, you know, I want to be a chef, this, this, that. Can you help me? They start giving me tips. Now, um, before, in 2015, excuse me, 2015, 2014, I met a man named Chef Rod. uh, Chef Rod Latson from Bonefish Grill. I was a server there. Most definitely. Yeah. And um, he... Happy Chef Rod. You know Chef Rod? Yeah. I was like, R.I.P. Oh, R.I.P. Yes, oh, yes. R.I.P. Chef Rod. Um, he showed me so many things about culinary art and about, um, he actually taught me the phrase palate pleasures. He used to say, let me please your palate real quick. So that is where the actual name came from because when Chef Rod, he would talk to the guest, he would say, oh, you like that? Let me go back and get you something real quick. He'll come back with a, mel- a raspberry melba sauce to put on top of your cheesecake and he'll put it in your mouth for you. Let me please your palate real quick. So I took that um, with me because he was a very, very special person. He believed um, in me. A lot. He wanted me to become a chef before he passed away, but I just could not leave the front of the house. So you said you've been a chef for five years. Yeah. Walk us through a five-year journey. Like, how did you get into this? I know you're saying, like, you had your grandmother, you had mm-hmm. all these things, and then, like, how do you go from working with your grandmother to being in the school? Right, absolutely. So um, it actually started because I met my husband, and I knew that I wanted to marry him, Aww. and I knew that my cooking skills were not the best. Um, so I just wanted to, I really wanted to just get it together. You know what I mean? So, um, I really, that's when I really talked to my grandma, like, look, I got this guy. I really, really like him. You know, we've been together seven years now. So for the first year I I wasn't the best, but I was trying and he was still eating it and it was edible, you know? (laughs) Um, but I got it together the second year. Um, that journey, um, cooking with my grandma for about the first two Three, four years, I would say. And then I started selling the plates. And then um, when people were telling me that, you know, my plates weren't that good, that's when I was just like, okay, I got to figure this out. So that's when culinary school came into play. Um, Yo, so you you said a lot of a lot of great things. And, and like, there were so many gems in there. And I just yeah. want to touch on just a couple of those. Yeah, right, go, yeah, right? go ahead. Um, <laughs> so one thing that popped out to me a second ago was that, you know, you said that, um, there was a point in time where you, you know, you started cooking, right? It right. wasn't like you were five years old. Like, I just really want to be a chef, right? Right. And I think so often um, people feel like, you know, you're supposed to find your passion at a very, like, young age. But, right, so technically, mm-hmm. according to this, 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 this train we try to put people on of, like, you got to have your life figured out by X, you know, X, X date, X age, right? You were quote unquote older, which is not really the case. Right. right. Um, so I just, I just, I just found that very, very interesting, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I wanted to ask a question, you're right. You, you're spending all this quality time, uh, with your grandmother. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and of course, right. You, you know, you started and you, um, didn't feel like your cooking skills were up to par. So, you know, you're practicing, you're getting there. What did it feel like to get your grandmother's approval? Like, how, how was that moment? That moment, um, 
I got really cocky. <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest. Okay. I, I got really, really cocky. Um, I thought that I was on top of the world. You know, my grandmother has fed and given direction and given recipes to so many black restaurants that were that have came and gone in Madison. Um, and she's fed pretty much the whole community. Um, so I felt like, you know, oh, I'm up next. <laughs> I, I got this. You know, <laughs> grandma said I'm good, so I don't really have to worry about what no one else says, you know. So um, when I went to culinary school, I was just, I was that cocky, you know. And um, one, I, one thing I can say is the black palette and um, other palette are totally different. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so when I went to culinary school, everything to them was way too flavorful, way too salty, way too many difficult spices. You just want salt and you just want pepper. So, you know, in culinary school, you're trying to just salt and pepper, make sure my sear is perfect, make sure my technique is good. Who cares about the season? And we just want to worry about technique. But then when you feed in, you know, your people, you go back home and everyone's like, no, this is not <laughs> it. I'm like, but I went to culinary school. How can you tell me this is not it? You know, so um, I just had to, you know, use my best judgment, you know, to make that work. But, but yeah, um, and then I had to revert back to what my grandma taught me. So um, I now I've learned how to be humble mm-hmm. <laughs> and how to know that um, your taste buds can change um, quite often. That's actually something that I've learned. Um, if you don't like something, um, three months later, uh, in three months, try it again and see if you'll like it because your taste buds do change. So, because one thing, I also don't use recipes. I um, cook by, t- by uh, taste. So I taste something and then I try to replicate it versus using um, a recipe it's just a little bit easier for me for some reason so, so now you have a very complex palette then i have a very complex palette and now that i have to write down all my recipes it's kind of hard because it's just like i don't know i in it it's just so much better but you know when you when you become a, a real business you know you got to go through those steps so now i'm having a hard time when most people they trying to get off the recipes and figure out what their own style is and now i'm trying to like write down my style which is just really hard for me right now so mm, yeah i could relate to that there was a point in time where i was trying to learn how to write music mm-hmm. and it's like i hear music i can't write music like mm. I, you know so trying to go from that direction and then you know um Usually people who read music traditionally um, have a hard time playing by ear, right? And so right. it's, it's kind of that, like, same thing. Uh, right. It's very, very difficult, right? Right. Yeah, where you start from really matters. Mm-hmm. So what right. do you feel like are advantages and disadvantages or things you've learned that you want to share about being an entrepreneur? Um, consistency and discipline, even more than consistency, is key. Um, I cook on Sundays even when I don't feel like cooking on Sundays. Mm, um, yeah. I had to be okay with my weekends being gone. I had to be okay with cooking for other people on Valentine's Day instead of having someone cook for me. Um, so you have to be dedicated and you have to know what your vision is. Um, I, I suggest any entrepreneur right now to look at this YouTube video by Miles Monroe. It's called um, A Vision and a Purpose. Um, I listen to it like twice a week. Um, just to remind me of the path that I'm on and so that I can stay on it. When you know what your path is, it's so much easier to say no to things that don't matter or that's going to drive you off your path. You know, um, one thing I'm dealing with is with me becoming a little bit more popular, I have all these different people pulling me in different directions, like, come cook here, come use my restaurant, mm, come do yeah. this, come do that. And then it's like when I go to those opportunities, 
it really isn't for me. It's more for them, you know, but because I'm so excited and I'm new in the game, I'm just like, I'm, I'm going for every single opportunity versus stopping, being still, praying on it, and then listening and, and meditating. Um, one thing I started doing was praying, which is talking to God, and then meditating, which is listening to God. That's how, I, that's how I see it. Um, and then that way, um, I was, I'm able to, to have clearer um, understandings of what I'm supposed to be doing. So I don't know, you know how many entrepreneurs are listening that's spiritual, but I would definitely say pray and then meditate and then listen. Um, but more importantly, just keep, stay consistent and stay disciplined. When you don't want to do it, just do it anyway. Um, so I wanted to ask, like, I heard you talking about like spices and things like that. So mm-hmm. outside of palate pleasures, are you selling other things? Are you doing other stuff? And also where can people find palate pleasures if they're going mm, to order that's food? That's exactly what like I was going to ask. Oh yeah. Drop all the tags. Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> all right. So I am working on a lot of stuff right now. Um, I don't want to just be palate pleasures because, like I said, I've been an entrepreneur all my life. So I feel like this is the perfect career and industry for me to put everything that I've been doing into one thing. So I am working on my spice line. I have five signature sauce uh, spices and then I also have a pepper sauce that you add into collard greens and it makes the perfect collard greens every time. And then I also have a, a class called Exotic Eats which I was going into different daycares, um, started with Mary Little Angels Daycare Center um, pre-COVID. Well, I was doing a little bit. I finished at the end of the year, but I was going into daycares and teaching kids about um, exotic fruits. Um, They were eating chocolate-covered grasshoppers. They were eating suckers with scorpions in them. They tried everything you could imagine. I was stalking those posts. I was thoroughly amazed. Yeah, they were, and and the kids were so smart, they just retained all the information. And then at the end of the season, I sent them home a box, and then they were able to teach their families everything they learned and all the different foods and fruits to incorporate into their diet. So um, the logo is um, No More Picky Eaters. Um, My daughter was actually one of the most versatile kids I've ever saw when it came to eating. And now she's like SpaghettiOs, craft uh, macaroni and cheese. And, you know, I'm a chef. No. <laughs> We're not going for that. You feel me? I'm, I'm sitting here making my baby some strawberries with chantilly cream and, you know what I mean, creme brulee French toast. And she's like, no, I don't want that. And I'm like, no. So um, I can't wait for her to join the class. But... Um, Yo, we got yeah. That's that's one of my classes, and I'm going to be taking it virtual this year. I was going to say we got to talk when the schools open back up. You know, we got to plug into the uh, into the elementary schools and the middle schools. Like, we should definitely try to get you in there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's that's definitely one of the ways that I want to give back. Is your family like? Is your business a family business? Is it like you working with them, or like how do how are they incorporated into this? Yeah, great question. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. My husband is a very, I am a very um, hyper, cool, high-strung person, I guess you can say. My husband's really chill. He's like, no sense of urgency. He's just like, wants to relax. He, he works from home, so he's like on his computer when he's off, maybe watch some Netflix. You know, he, he relaxes. Me, I'm like more on the go. Um, so those two type of personalities don't mesh well in a restaurant industry, and we've learned that early on, thank God. Mm, okay. So we respect that about each other. Um, and then with us working at home, we are fine having two separate jobs. You know what I mean? We also were insurance agents together at his current job. So How did that go? 
I was the best salesperson. So, <laughs> you know, I think he was a little jealous, but um it went it went really, really well. But um I'm just, you know, we're, we're just blessed. He, he does what he likes to do. I can't do the desk job. I need to be moving. I need to be on the go. So, um, yeah, this is just something that, you know, I'm doing, I'm building, and um, he's just holding it down, you know, uh, taking care of home and making sure, you know, I can make the moves that I need to make. So we've just been blessed. to. Do you feel like because you, uh, you two are different, do you feel like there's some balance there? Absolutely. I don't. I think that if I didn't have someone to even me out, everything would be so much harder. So much harder. Um, it's crazy though because he's way more patient than me. He's way more. Um, he's less aggressive than me. Um, but yet he is the only person my daughter listens to. <laughs> wow. Isn't that crazy? Like she, I would tell her something twenty times, and as soon as I say, um, "Babe, could you tell her? Josh, go ahead and tell her," and she'll be like, "Layla, sit down." <laughs> Oh, okay, Dad. Immediately. Huh? Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. So I've never had like met a guy that I was like, I want to be with him. That's gonna be my man. Right. So, <laughs> so can that's you, funny, girl. <laughs> can you tell us how this experience was for you, going from like being Patience Johnson to Patience Clark? Yeah. Oh, that's a dope question. Um. So I actually. When I met my husband, I was just done. I was so done dating. I was just like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to just work. I was a model. I was an entrepreneur before, you know, becoming a chef. So I was working as a model, managing models, just doing all different things. Um, and I was just like, I'm just going to party with my life. Like, I, I am not worried about no man, you know. And um, one day we were at work, and um, it was it's so corny. But it's like the elevator door open, Aww. and it's like this black chocolate man in all black slacks and, you know, a nice shirt, dreads dripping. And I'm just like, ah. <laughs> Straight out of or, a movie. Just like straight out of a movie. So um, from that point on, I was like just trying to get his attention. Um, I would literally... Our cubicles were on, like, different sides of the room. I would go to somebody on his team who I did not know to ask for some piece of gum <laughs> with a pencil skirt on. And I was, like, trying to catch this man. Do you hear what I'm saying? So uh, he called. He saw me. He saw me looking. But he was really shy. And for some reason, he just wasn't talking to me. So I emailed him at work Aww. on the work email. I told him he was very handsome and that I would like to talk to him. And um, he was like, oh, I think you are so beautiful. And then, like... I asked him, did he have kids? Because um, I was hesitant to talk to him because I noticed that he drove a van. And, um, you know, minivan means kids. <laughs> so I was, like, a little hesitant. And then um, I asked him about it, and he was like, no, my mom owns a daycare center, and I help her out. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, look at God. That's look what at God, you. right. <laughs> now, look, look, he didn't have any children. He was just beautiful, chocolate. He was from Georgia. Um, he had just graduated from Madison Media Institute. Um, oh, man, that's what's up. He was he he was a catch, you know what I mean? So um, I prayed on it, and it was just like I've never prayed. First of all, I never prayed in, uh, for my man before. And I think this is what changed everything. Like, I knew he was such a nice guy. He was such a breath of fresh air from what I was used to. So I didn't want my... Um, I knew there was things about myself that I needed to work on, like little pet peeves, like things that I figured was a pet peeve wasn't really that serious. You know what I mean? So within looking in myself and seeing what I wanted, 
I was able to say, okay, he might be a little bit messy, but I can help him clean up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, He's yeah. still a great guy. He still has great characteristics. Okay, he might wear these Elmo and Sesame Street shirts that I can't stand, but I can throw them away, and he don't know, and then I can buy him some new ones. You oh, know wow. what I mean? Yeah, he used to... You throw my man's clothes I, away when I he threw, not Because he had, like, you know, men, when y'all chilling, he had, like, shirts with, like, holes in them and stuff. That's and, a house shirt. Right, like, <laughs> he had a lot of... Um, Elmo stuff and it's like boo you're 20 something you're like 27 we don't need to be so you know hey that was just my preference you know so he I can't wear Elmo in the house though he can wear Elmo in the house I gotta stand he up can he can and actually he had this <laughs> cookie monster backpack that I let him keep until like a year ago so you know the I, way that Richard related to this <laughs> I, I, maybe like the it's graphic a tea thing. It Look, is. It's so the graphic tea how, thing. How you dress in the house is different than how you dress in public. Sometimes, um, me not all the time. But mm. <laughs> you know, I gotta defend my man. You gotta, you man. know, you want to dress down at home. That's dressing down. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, you know, I'm not knocking him for you know wearing his little cartoon shirts and stuff. But you know, I just felt like we were growing, and I wanted to to grow. You know, so. Hey, but now, now you know, my man's 34, 33, 33 now. And he's, uh, you know, he's a handsome, grown young man, dressing like a grown man, yeah. <laughs> even when he's chilling. So, yes. you know, it's something that we both worked on. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and then six months later after we met, he actually proposed to me on New Year's Eve. Oh, so he knew he liked you back. He then. knew he liked me back, girl. He knew he liked me back. So I was very excited about that. Um, he proposed to me. Um, we decided um, that we did not have enough money to have the wedding that we wanted to have once we figured out how much weddings cost. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we're not going nowhere. Let's just wait. So uh, we were engaged for about a year and a half, and then we went ahead and got married June second, twenty sixteen. So this is going to be our like. Valentine's Day special. Yeah. Do you have any gems for us? Like all those single girls out there who are like seeing their guy and they're like trying to shoot their shot or maybe get a, get a shot shot to them. Right, right. Um, I would say the best thing I can say is love yourself so much to the point where anybody that comes in your space has to love you as much as you love yourself. And then that will actually help you determine what you deserve. Um, for me, I was in relationships where like, for some reason, I just wanted to cater to the man. You know what I mean? I wanted to coddle him. I wanted to take care of him. And I thought that's what love was. I would do whatever what he says, but versus loving myself and just finding somebody to love me with me. You know, I feel like that's probably the most important thing. And then also learning your um, person's love language. That was, that was probably one of the most important things that we could have ever done. Um, so then we can know how to talk to each other without using our words. And I was married at 24. A lot of people say that's super, super young to be married. I mean, I guess it is. Um, but I think it's the best decision I could have made for myself personally. So When you know, you know. When you know, you absolutely know. And it's not up to nobody else to know but y'all. You know right, exactly, so. exactly. And it don't matter if it takes two weeks, one week. When you know, you literally know, especially a man. Especially for some women, we're, we're way more, people try to say we're indecisive, but we're way more decisive than men are. Um, but when a man knows, it's like, oh, okay. Like if I ask you, my man, babe, what we're eating tonight? And he tells me what we're eating tonight. I'm on cloud nine. You know what I mean? Like I'm usually expecting that conversation to be like, I don't know, babe, what you thinking? 
What you want to get? Yes. <laughs> like, I asked you because I don't know. Yes. Oh. Why don't we talk about that part enough? <laughs> Men don't know either. Men don't know either. And they always oh, try to say it's okay. us. But it's like, we trying to... We want and then I'd be like, let's go get some covers. Nah, you know I don't want no covers. Well, Thanks. why, why did you, you ask me what I wanted? Then I was exactly. going to defend him at that point, but nah, see, because there's a, there's difference between not knowing and being flexible. But right there, that's just not knowing. right. Right. See, <laughs> I guess that's what it is too. Because he always say, you know, I'll eat anything. You know, until he, you tell him what you actually want, and then he's like, you know what? Nah, probably not that though. I feel seen. <laughs> right exactly exactly like it's you know but that's 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 just me you know do you have any gems for married people like seeing as how you said you've been with your partner for seven years mm-hmm. well and we've been married for five we're going on five years this year but you've been together for seven mm-hmm. and you were engaged for a long time right so. right right <laughs> um for married people i would just say communicate talk Pray together. Um, everything can be worked. Uh, everything can be talked out, in my opinion. Um, not everything, but um, for us, everything does not have to be. A, every disagreement doesn't have to be an argument. Mm, so that's, that's one good. thing we mastered early on. We can disagree all day long. We actually do disagree a lot on like subjects and politics and things like that. We disagree all the time, but we respect each other's opinion enough and we're friends to be able to talk and converse and, you know, do all of that. Um, I would say just fine, you know, and then when you get into those hard times, just remember the first times, remember why you fell in love. Um, and yeah, um, just do y'all. Yo, Do y'all. Marriage really don't have any rules. It's really about you being with someone for the rest of your life. Me and my husband are growing up together. I spent almost all of my 20s with this man. Ooh, and good. I'm getting ready to be 30 this year. And I'm going to be spending every decade for the rest of my life with this man. So um, one piece of advice that I got from a couple that was married for 40 years, um, they said, the man said that my wife turned into eight different women during the entire time we've been married. And I had to learn how to love every single woman that she turned into. Yo, you posted that on Facebook, didn't yes, you? Yes, yes. I saw that, yes. and I felt that. Isn't I saved that, that. Like, <laughs> I have kept that advice, like, with me forever because it's true. Like, especially with my situation, I was a stay-at-home mom. Then I went through postpartum depression, realizing that I couldn't be a stay-at-home mom anymore. Then I had to figure out what my purpose was. Then I went to culinary school. And then COVID hit. And then... I was depressed because I didn't know what I was going to do. But then I decided just to keep going, you know, and then I became a caterer and now I'm, I'm a busy boss. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and now I'm a, you know, just all these different things that I'm trying to be. So it's like my husband has to learn to love me in every one of those stages because I'm learning and I'm growing, but I also have to learn to love him in every stage that he goes through as well. Because one thing we forget is that, um, black men, don't talk about a lot of their trauma and things like that. Right. So for me, um, I don't even know how I'm getting on this, but um, for me, it's really, really important to have um, those conversations and to remember that not only is he my husband, but he's a black man in America. And how can I always um, incorporate that into how we rock with each other? You know, so I can so we can get that extra support that he may not get when he's outside the house. So he can get that extra, 
you know, whatever he needs to get that, you know, white supremacy don't allow him right. to have and to do, you know. Yo, you are dropping relationship gems. You done drop business gems, relationship gems, right? <laughs> we talking about business. We talking about love. And speaking of love and business together, and yeah. you know, Valentine's Day is coming up, right? Right, right. Um, does Palette Pleasure uh, have any specials coming up for Valentine's Day? We do, we do. Um, so we have a Valentine's Day special where you can... Um, request or order i i don't like saying order me that sounds crazy doesn't it but um you can book a service um with a private chef um which is myself i will come in and i will cook a private meal for you and your loved one for two hours it comes with um, a charcuterie board to start which is fine wine. Say that word, charcuterie. Charcuterie board. It is called charcuterie. Yeah, it is such a weird word, but I love it. Learn something new. Right. So yeah, it's a charcuterie board. I I put some fine wine um, cheeses on there. Some um, some red wine meats and different things like that. Um, It comes with red um, red lobster. It comes with lobster tails and uh, ribeye steak. Two sides and dessert, which is either creme brulee or chocolate covered strawberries. Yo, that sounds delectable. Don't yes, it? yes, right? like, and it is, and it's because it's my first special. I'm actually giving it um, away right now for forty percent off. So it's two hundred and seventy five dollars. It's normally a four hundred dollar value. So it's a uh, a private chef for two seventy five. A private chef, private right? Chef. Exactly. I just you know and in seafood. Right, seafood, <laughs> steak, ribeye steaks, real good ribeye steaks. You know, steak. a nice cut. You know. We're not uh we're not cheaping it, you know. I just wanna um I love love, so I felt um like this is just be something especially for the black community. Um, I've never had a man, you know, uh, me neither. Book girl. a chef, a me private neither. chef, you know what I mean. Um, so I just think this is so so cute. I love doing it. This is actually one of my favorite ways to cater. Um, doing private events and private in home um, catering services. So I just think this is just going to be. An amazing Valentine's Day, and I have two bookings left. So, well, since you have two bookings, uh, and this podcast is sponsored by Oddly Arranged Media, uh, I want to be the one to let you know we want to book one of those. We want to buy one of those services and Let's give them. Go. We want to give them out to the community. How you feel about that? Oh, I think that's amazing. All right, well, I think we can do that. I also wanted to ask, like, we do this. We want to end this thing with like talking about appreciation and things like that. So, are yeah. there people who like on your journey have? that you want to acknowledge or that you want to give credit to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the first person would definitely be my great-grandmother, Louise Dunlap. Um, that is who my spice line is named after, Louise's Spice Rack. Um, she is, like, the most amazing person in my world. She taught me everything about cooking. Um, she's, like, the best chef still at 97. Um, I would also... Um, Want to show some appreciation to Chef Rod Latson, rest in peace. Um, he was definitely um, one of the people who who knew I could do this before I knew I can do this, yeah, and I feel like right, you know, yeah. I, I, and all he tasted was my banana pudding. That's the only thing he ever tasted for me, um, and him just dropping all of those gems that he didn't even know I was going to take. He didn't know that saying "Let me please your palate" was going to create a a restaurant or a catering company called Palette Pleasures, you know what I mean? So it's it's, it's definitely um, one of those things that, you know, I would love for him to be able to see. And he also catered my wedding for free. Oh, wow. Oh, 
Yes, yes. He he was an amazing person. Amazing. Along along with um sisters um chicken and fish, they did the main food and he did like the hors d'oeuvres and appetizers and stuff. He did all of that for free as a wedding gift for me. So like he he was my dog for sure. So I definitely miss him. Um I also want to shout out my mother in law. She was actually the first person to invest in me. She um she knew what I wanted to do. She offered me a space, my first space in Monona. Um, she offered me that space. Um, she also let me do my first pop-up shop out of her house. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, so um, now a lot of people are blessed to have a really close relationship with their in-laws. Um, I actually love my in-laws, all of them. Um, so, yeah, her, um, of course, my mother um, um, and my big mama. Um, love them. Yes, That's you know, I, I, I love my big mama. Um, um, let me see. Oh, my accountant, uh, my business consultant, uh, Willie Wright, Marcus Wright um, of um, Artist Collective. He's <laughs> actually my business consultant. Um, I've really? actually been keeping him a secret. <laughs> hey, that's yeah. a solid dude. He's, he do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. He Nobody do a lot knows. of stuff behind the scenes, and now y'all know. But don't go, don't go. Already, <laughs> I'm already contracted with him, so y'all can't take it from me, y'all. Um, but yeah, he's awesome. He's so awesome. Um, He's helped me with so many deals, cut so many deals. He's amazing. Um, I also want to shout out Mickey Randall. Um, oh, Layla. Um, I don't know how to say her last name, so I hope she don't be mad. But Layla Barocum, she owns Layla's um, Downstairs Deli. That was my second location that I was cooking out of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but um, I was blessed enough to be so popping where it was too small. So I had to move to the feed kitchen, and that's how I got to the feed kitchen because I was actually going to take over that restaurant space. But it's just we we're pushing out so many orders. We need you know about twice the size. You got to find a space that works for you. Right, right. Most deaf. Well, thank you for coming. Yeah, thank absolutely. Coming. Thank y'all for having me. I'm really honored to be y'all first guest. Ah, yeah. can't wait to see y'all blow up millions and millions <laughs> of views. <laughs> All right, our first uh, guest on our podcast is Patience Clark, and she is born and was born to create. Yes. Thank you for listening to Born to Create. We're your hosts, Carla Williams and Richard Jones Jr. If you know of someone in the Madison community that should be featured on the show, send us an email at oddlyarranged at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to Oddly Arranged Media on all social media platforms to stay up to date on all things Born to Create. Thank you for listening and see you next time.